You're listening to the Real Estate Marketing Made Easy podcast, episode number 00. Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Made Easy podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. Brought to you by We Promote Property, the real estate agent's marketing assistant. Now here's your host, James Mackay. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Real Estate Marketing Made Easy podcast, brought to you by We Promote Property. I'm your host, James Mackay, and this is the podcast for real estate agents who want to know all the new trends and tips for real estate marketing. I am very excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Noelle Greenwood, and Noelle is going to give some expert tips on email, how to send, how to get your email opened, and how to minimize unsubscribes. Email is one of the most powerful tools at your disposal as a real estate agent. We're also going to find out about Noelle's background and discover what makes her an expert. We'll get to know her trials and tribulations, and we'll figure out what not to do, because she's already made the mistakes for us. Now, as a real estate agent, you should already be sending email on a regular basis. But stick around because a few small changes could reap you some big results, maybe even a referral or a listing. I want to remind you too, you can always contact me directly by emailing james at wepromote.com.au. If you have any questions or suggestions, go ahead and drop me a line. So with that, let's move on to today's book of the week. adopt of yourself profoundly affects the way you lead your life. That is a quote from Carol Dweck, the author of Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, and it's the central message in her book. Dweck and her colleagues' research has found a very simple belief about yourself that guides and permeates nearly every part of your life. This belief limits your potential or enables your success. It often marks the difference between excellence and mediocrity. It influences our self-awareness, our self-esteem, our creativity, our ability to face challenges, our resilience to setbacks, our levels of depression, and our tendency to stereotype, among other things. So what is this powerful and simple belief? Well, Carol Dweck would have you believe that it's much of who you are on a day-to-day basis comes from your mindset which is the view you have of your qualities and characteristics, where they come from, and whether or not they can change. So Carol Dweck's book is all about the psychology of success. You can read more about it at wepromote.com.au forward slash the number five. Alrighty, let's transition over to that revealing interview with Noel Greenwood. I'm excited today to be joined by Noelle. If you don't know who she is, Noelle is the founder and chief conversion officer for a company called Conversion Green. It's a strange name, but the company has its focus on helping companies get more leads by making adjustments to existing digital property, such as websites, emails, and more. So you take your digital property, they go over it, fine tune it, give it back, and it's better. 
Noelle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I'll tell you what, you've got one amazing business going on here. I've been looking into it and researching it a little bit. It's part science and part creativity, right? Yep, absolutely. So bearing in mind that your audience tonight, uh, today listening is real estate agents, picture yourself in an elevator. By the time it gets to the top floor, you need to convince an agent in that elevator with you about what Creation Green does and why it's important to real estate agents. Elevator pitch, go. I'm going to assume we're in that really tall building in Dubai, which has 154 floors. <laughs> um, okay, so as you know, many businesses, obviously including real estate agents, spend a lot of money attracting visitors to their site. It could be by email newsletters, social media or Google advertising, bus shelter ads, as we know is a favourite for real estate agents, or, um, or TV or radio. And as you probably also know, only a tiny percentage of that traffic on the website will convert into a customer or a lead. Um, well, that's because those websites are not designed to convert. Now, what we do is we analyse your existing marketing channels, all the activities that are driving traffic to your website, and review the data about what's actually going on when those visitors get to your website. So we figure out where you're leaking prospects, we hypothesise as to why that's happening, and we come up with solutions to plug those leaks. When we test those solutions over and over again um, until we find the best combination of factors that keep people moving through your marketing funnel. All right, so basically what I'm picking up is that you can take an existing digital asset like my website, you can run tests on it, doing whatever you need to do to run a test, and you can figure out what needs to be improved to increase conversions. Yep. Tell me what a conversion is. Well, a conversion can be many things, uh, but ultimately it's it's either a lead um, that comes through your website or, a, or in some cases it might be a transaction on your website. Um, it's not as relevant for real estate agents, but if you run an e-commerce store, then that, that's a that's a conversion is selling that product but for this for this for your audience um it's it's mainly getting that getting them to complete the desired action so would it be fair to say that i try and drive traffic to my website pretending i'm a real estate agent try and drive traffic to my website to get someone to fill out an uh, expression of interest about uh, me listing their property for sale yep that's a great example there okay. are obviously others like getting people to show interest in a property that is for sale or apply for a tenancy in one of your rental properties. Um, it could even be a conversion could be getting someone on your email list, which is obviously relevant okay. for this discussion today. And does it only include other digital methods like going to a form or going to an email list or can it include maybe picking up the phone and calling me? Absolutely. It's whatever call to action is most relevant for your business and what it is you're trying to achieve. And if that's getting people on the phone, then 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 that's the conversion. Now, most real estate agents in Australia do have websites, but what you're saying is just because you've got a website doesn't mean that the person who built it has even tested it. They might have done it because it looks pretty, but what has looks pretty got to do with it? Unfortunately, very little. Um, it's this is, this is an area I kind of struggle with in what I do because... Uh, I am I am part digital data diver and part creative and I love both those parts but as much as making something look good has a has a great pretty result at the end of it looks don't convert pretty websites don't convert and there are a necessarily of, necessarily well yes of course 
thoughts necessarily. Um, and if yet something designed for conversion could look good or it could look bad depending on your audience. But I guess there's a trade-off. If, if you want the conversions, if you want people to pick up the phone and call you about a listing, if you want people to uh, come to an open home and fill it in a form, then you've got to maybe trade off beautiful design aspects. Is that what you're saying? Not always. It depends on your on your audience, um, for sure. But um, but there are some. There might be some elements that you you think you'd like because of your own personal desire or things you've seen on other websites that you went, oh, that looks pretty. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it mean it works for conversion. So tell me what sort of uh, elements I suppose is the right thing to say that. What would you be changing when you say it doesn't look pretty? Are we talking fonts or colors, buttons? Yeah, absolutely, both of those things. So there's so there's design. There are design elements and there are copy elements, and they are they are two like distinct but but very interrelated parts of what we do. So it could be um, it could be we're looking at the color of a button or the placement of that button or the or the words on that button uh, or the headline that's that's drawing people towards clicking that button or submitting that form, um, the placement of it. If you've got your form uh, right up the top, sometimes that works really well if it's something that doesn't need a lot of extra research. But if people aren't likely to fill out that form until they've read more, having it up the top means that by the time they scroll down and that form's gone from their view, by the time they've learned more information, you're not giving them the option right there because that form's all the way at the top of the page. So placement of your call to actions and your, your actual the thing you're trying to get people to do on the site is really relevant. But, Noel, I spent thousands of dollars on my website. Surely these people know what they're doing. They know what they're doing in terms of um, the design and, the, and, and coding. People, you know, coders and creatives know that, but what they don't do typically is follow the data. And the thing is that context you probably heard the old um the the old quote content is king Mm. i like to mix that up by saying actually context is king because what one person responds to and what another person responds to in two completely different scenarios is going to be completely different Mm. so um in your in your, in your website, I guess a lot of designers will have fairly standard templates that they use to, to create the basis of their, of their design for that website um, and same with developers. So what they're working from a starting base, which is, I guess, the idea is a one-size-fits-all, but there's no such thing in web design because there's no, no such thing as one-size-fits-all for your customer. So one website might convert really well for one industry and quite poorly for another. Exactly. Noel, this is all very confusing for me. Uh, I don't know where to begin. I don't know what to do. Pretend I'm a real estate agent. How do I get some quick wins with this? What do I need to do? Well, the first place to start is, and and the first thing to understand, is that making arbitrary changes based on things you Google that are best practice conversion strategies um, is is never going to tell you what works and what doesn't because... Um, the only real way to know for sure whether a whether a change you make has an impact is to test it against against the original. So, so one thing that we really that we really um, advocate is is 
AB, what's called AB split testing. All right, you better talk us through that. Yeah, okay. Um, so it sounds complex, but it's the concept is pretty simple. On a website, or this actually applies to email marketing as well, um, we have ideas about what we think might work, but we can't really ever be sure unless we measure those results. So what A-B testing lets us create is two versions of that content for the design. At the same time? Yes. So the original version is A, and then the tweaked version is version B, or variation B, as we the lingo in the biz. <laughs> um, and then what we do is we serve that up to our viewers 50-50, so half of our visitors or, or recipients of the email get version A and half get version B. How do we do that? Is that automatic with the software or something? So there's specific software in email marketing. If you have a good email marketing platform, it will have A-B testing built in. All right. We're going to talk about email platforms soon. Yeah. Um, in in websites, it is you use special software to do it. So it actually, it's, it's pretty simple. It's like a single line of code that you put in your template and then, and then you can use that software. It's kind of quite plug and play. It's simple if you know what you're doing. Simple if you know what you're doing. But yeah. uh, by the sound of it, uh, A-B split testing a website might be a little beyond the range of the average person. So we might need a professional such as you or someone else to do a website. Yep, definitely. So that's, um, that's, so that's where that's our skill set really comes in. Yeah. All right. Well, let's break it back. The podcast is actually about... Uh, getting better email. So if we can talk about emails for a while, I think, would I be correct in saying that you can make some pretty easy changes uh, yourself as a a real estate agent without needing expert assistance? Yep, definitely. Can we talk through how we do that? Well, yep. The first thing is to really have... um have the platform. I guess that's the that's the foundation. You mean platform, where do we send the emails from? The email marketing platform. So we're not using Outlook. Outlook is um, Outlook is really designed for sending emails from person to person. It's not designed to manage whole email marketing campaigns. Although it can do mail mergers, there's some like, there are some issues with um, with other email platforms being able to see that lots of people are in the blind carbon copy, and so it treats it. It can treat it as spam, so All then right. you don't actually get into people's inboxes. So could you just reel off if you could? Five of your favourite email platforms? Yep. So some of the ones I would suggest are um, Campaign Monitor, uh, Active Campaign, Aweber, and, um, and I mean, MailChimp is probably one that many people have heard of. And I that's, use MailChimp. that's a really good starting, starting point. Um, ideally, there are, like, there, are, there are a gajillion email marketing platforms out there. And that's many a lot of, of gajillion. Them, I know, it is. It's yeah. a big number. Um, there are many of them that are quite sophisticated, but ideally what you want is something that can talk in with your website listings. But um, that that sounds complicated, but it's not these not so hard these days with open source cloud integrations and stuff that we've got. So, can you just explain what you mean by talk in with our website listings? Yeah, so what we want is for it to integrate. So effectively... Um, I mean, you don't have to have this, but it's it's a good it's a good thing a good functionality to have. But if you're if you're using your email marketing to actually push your property listings to out to your to a relevant database, um, you what you'd like what what's ideal is to have have a platform um, um, a uh, email marketing platform that integrates in its back end with the back end of your 
of your website so that those listings can be kind of dynamically inserted into those emails so you don't have to copy and paste a whole lot of stuff. I see. But me as a beginner, I could whip up a a MailChimp email using one of their set templates because they have templates included. And then all I need to do is drag and drop the photos of the house that I'm selling into that and then make a little link back to the my website i could just do that to start with yeah you could and and i guess it's how sophisticated do you want to get and this is where i guess the value of of the type of stuff that we do comes in in that the more sophisticated you get a the easier it is for you to do it because you don't have to do that copy and paste and drag and drop and click and you know um do all the time do all the manual stuff because you can you can then free up that time that you spend on that to actually implement a process implement a system that is um that helps to make your emails more relevant and more segmented and we'll, we'll talk about that kind of stuff think, sure okay all right so mailchimp allows me to do an a b split test yep. so what you're saying there is i should have an original version and a varied version yep. which would be my b what sort of things would i change from my original to my variation. Yeah, so I think that in terms of getting the most out of your email marketing, there are kind of three things that the average agent can focus on. Um, And those would be, the first one is segmenting your list audiences and cleaning them up. Tell me what that means. Yep, so um, I guess everyone thinks that bigger is best, um, and that's not always true. For lists, you mean? Yeah, well, yes. Size, and size does matter to an extent. Um, but what's far more important than size is relevance. So the size of your steak means nothing to me if I'm a vegetarian. Right. Right? Um, so relevance is incredibly important in email marketing. Now, your real estate marketing is um, is not relevant if you're sending p- emails to people who were never interested in the first place. So maybe you didn't obtain their details via an ethical double opt-in method. Um or they are no longer interested because they bought have already bought a house. That was my next one. Oh, there um, you go. No longer no longer seeking your services. So they've either they've already sold their place or they've already bought a house or um, you know, they've, they've sold it with another agent or they may have sent it with you, but that was you know, that that's they may have sold it with you, but that's sold now and they're not gonna sell again for another right. ten years. Um, or they might be interested in a different service. So they may be a homeowner who wants to sell through you, but now they're getting emails about rental properties every week yeah so that's where relevance really matters so it's quite easy to put them on a create these separate lists then yes so um i guess the other thing is were they interested in only one specific thing so you know i know a lot of real estate agents capture email addresses at open homes and and then suddenly you're getting all these emails about all different open home all different houses that are for sale but that might be completely different completely different you might be suddenly getting emails about units as opposed to houses or eight bedrooms instead of two. And, and the wrong side of town and so on. Yeah, exactly. So so I guess some of the things that you can segment your list by, um, I guess as, as some tips, are uh, one, your business vertical. So whether that's like rentals versus sales, tenants versus landlords, sellers versus buyers, um, and location. So yes, down to the suburb, because if people are, are seeking home in a specific suburb then then that definitely makes a difference um and what they're looking for so how many bedrooms or bathrooms whether it's pet friendly is it a house or a unit so getting right down into that nitty-gritty because it doesn't need to be difficult does it no to to do the list no i mean it means capturing that information and storing it somewhere 
um, and, and making sure that your database is, I guess, um, robust enough and, and uh, broad enough to capture that information. But if you get that information, it, it is a goldmine. Yeah, I only need to do it once, don't I? Yeah, for Once each, I've got it, yeah, I've segmented exactly. them properly. That's right. And, of yeah. course, we probably need a list. Are they interested in buying slash selling or, uh, sorry, are they interested in buying or can I put them on a list for potential, uh, li- I hate using the word list and listings because it gets confusing. Yeah. But can yeah. I put them on an email list yeah. for being a future prospect listing? So you, yeah. they're not interested in buying at all. Yeah, exactly. So it's knowing who they are to you, who they are as an as a customer to your business, especially because real estate covers so many different kind of niches. You know, it covers covers so many different um, audience profiles, such sure. as buyer, seller, tenant, landlord, um, rental versus sales. Like it, it covers quite a lot. Okay, so I've a b I've set up two emails to go to my list. I've got my original and my variation, and I've changed a few things such as um, fonts and pictures and colours and so on. And from here, where do I go? Um, so I guess the, the next thing to do, so segmenting your list is obviously the first, the first step. Um, and, then, and then I think the next one is to, um, is to look at your subject lines to get people to open them. So you said there were three things that an agent can focus on. What are some more? Yep. Okay. So the second one um, is really about uh, creating subject lines that compel people to open. So I think this is something that a lot of people um, kind of can miss the mark on. Um, but if you don't get people to open your emails, then there's no point of having sent them in the first place, right? Yes. Um, so this is, again, where context is really important. Excuse me. Um, and you should test numerous formulas to figure out what one works best for you and for your audience. So some ideas to, of, of, I guess, formulas for the subject line to test out are the question subject line. So that could be something like, does your rental income cover your mortgage? Or do you <laughs> yeah. dream of a more spacious home? Okay. So posing a question and then they think, oh, yeah, well, I, I have an answer to that. Yeah. And they open it to kind of see what's next. And the other, the, the other goodie that people use, I've seen a few times, is how much is your house worth? Yeah, great. That's a great example. Um, and then another one is the how-to subject line. So how to decide what rent to charge or how to write your dream home checklist. That's really good. Um, another one is the scarcity subject line. So this is about using, using, the, using FOMO, the fear of missing out, um, <laughs> in your subject line. So... Um, something like 17 Oxford Street, open tender offers close at midnight tonight. Okay. I don't know if that terminology is perfect for real estate agents. It can be fine-tuned. Yeah. Um, uh, some, then another is the announcement subject line. So it's something like introducing the most successful agent in the Tenerife area. Jeremy James has joined the place team. Okay. Something like that. Now, that's that's probably a bit long. You'd want to kind of fine-tune that. Um Another, another of the announcement would be something like new Android app, always know the status of your property portfolio. If and you, that, that's if you're launching an Android app. If you're app. launching an Android app for your agency, for your, for example, for your um, customers who have multiple properties and or any properties really as a, as a landlord that they rent out through you. 
So you know, not that you have to set up that app. That was just a you know just if a you were, snowballing idea. If you yeah. Were. yeah. What about if you're sending a newsletter? Should it be weekly or fortnightly? Do you think? Um, this is again where I'll say test everything. Figure out what your highest open rates are. If you send them more regularly, if you send them every week, do people open them more? If you send them once a fortnight or once a month, do people open them more? This is where you have to you have to test and see what works for your audience. Now, now when you say testing, it's all done automatically. I use MailChimp, so I yep. know only MailChimp. I don't know the other ones that you mentioned. But if I use MailChimp, it actually says when you set it up, you say real estate industry. Uh, it asks you what industry you're in. So you say real estate, and then it says the average open rate for real estate is, I think, seventeen uh, percent. Yeah. And right. then every time I send an email, it will say this uh, this campaign had an open rate of twenty percent or twenty five percent. Yeah. So it actually tells me exactly how many people have opened it, and then how many people have opened it on multiple occasions, and it shows me their yeah. email addresses. Yeah. So using a sophisticated platform, there's an amazing amount that you can get out of the data that's in there. Um, you have to look for it and you have to you have to analyse it. it. There's a lot of data that's there that people don't use, um, but but it is there. Yeah. And that would that be the case in most of the software part, yeah. email software platforms? Absolutely. The ones that I mentioned are ones that are that that have a lot of capability built within them in in terms of their functionality, but also in terms of their data and the analysis and the insights you can gain from that. So. I can easily split test a weekly email or an email and then do another test to see if I send it weekly, what happens, or if I send it fortnightly or monthly. Yep. So if I send out my new listings newsletter every two weeks, um, I can see exactly how many people are opening it, how many people unsubscribe and so on. Yep. And you can also create two lists where you have you know, once you've segmented, you then segment further. So you say, okay, this 50% are going to be on my weekly list and this 50% are going to be on my fortnightly list. And you can you can gauge the, the engagement from both those lists by by seeing which one has, has better engagement, has better open rates. And so you can see, are we, are we not contacting people enough? Which I'd say probably in real estate is rare. I'd say more often it's we're contacting people too much right. and they're getting... I mean, look, the reality is these days that we all have inbox... Fatigue, like we don't, they call it banner blindness for for online advertising. It's 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 email email marketing blindness that we have. So the more you send, the often the less um, the less you the less cut through you get. Okay. What do you think our real estate agents should avoid? You know, a few things they should avoid. Uh look. There are, um, there are a few things, uh, and I think I've kind of touched on them. I guess one one is definitely irrelevance. Like sending things that are not relevant to your audience is always going to be an automatic switch off. So, you know, I turned up to an open home to to look at buying a house, and I gave my email to the real estate agent, and now I get emails regularly that I just don't. They go straight to my spam now because I've set it up to do that. Um, about about rental, about if I want to rent my property out. I never bought with that that agent, so I don't now have a property. And even if I had, I would have been buying it to live in, not to have it as an investment. So they didn't know enough about me to be able to segment me into a relevant, um, a relevant email marketing list. 
so that's that's definitely one um and and another one is uh, this is actually the third thing i was going to mention um was knowing what you want to achieve so this is something that a lot of people do wrong with email marketing is that they don't set a clear objective when they first start out so every email you ever send should have a purpose um now, if after listening to this podcast, you're going to send out an email that doesn't have a purpose, just pack up and go home. You're doing it wrong and it's not going to work. <laughs> um, I know that sounds harsh, but like many things in life, if you just take stabs in the dark, you have no way of knowing if you're achieving your goals and no way of, um, I guess, monitoring your activities to improve on them. Mm, that's very interesting. So before you send out any email marketing, you want to sit down and ask yourself one simple question, and that's, what action do I want the readers of this email to take? Now, if you don't have an action that you want them to take, rethink it it's so or simple. don't send it. It's, so, it's simple. so simple, but it's almost always missed. Uh, yeah. Like people think, okay, well, I'm a real estate agent, so I have to send out listings of my homes. That's not, you know, that's not always, that's not actually getting them to take an action. No. Um, so the action could be as simple or as indirect as like clicking through and reading an article on your blog or it could be something that generates a specific lead, like filling out a form to request a house appraisal or um, registering for next month's property investment seminar. Um, but either way, there's a purpose there. The purpose is either to read that content on your blog or to, um, or to click through and fill out a form. So once you know the purpose of your email, then you can design your call to actions that fit around those. Um, and so and not having a call to action is another common mistake. So I guess a call to action is something that not everyone is. It's a bit of, again, like web lingo. So for people who don't who don't know what that is, it's effectively it's an image or a button or a line of text that instructs your readers to take a specific action. So it's, it's literally a call out to your readers to take a desired action. So call now call for more action. information. Fill out this form to get a property appraisal. Yep. So, I mean, one thing is that it should never be click here or just visit us, like something really generic like that. Um, a call to action can rarely stand alone and often there's got to be kind of supporting text that goes with it to give to give context. Um, but some examples would be like download my free ebook um, or register for the seminar now, or secure my spot, um, request my free appraisal. Now that, that's called, if I can just stop you just there for two seconds, that's called anchor text, isn't it? What the, If it's a text link as opposed to like a picture button where it says... Uh, register for seminar now, and that's a, a word as in a hyperlink underlined. Yep. That's called anchor text. Yep. So what you wouldn't say is click here to register for blah blah blah. Exactly. You want the in in the case of a text link, you want that link to be on the words that are that call to action, the words that are the actual instruction. And although I guess you could say click here is an instruction because it's got a verb in it, it's. It's not a specific instruction. And it, it's fair to say that we've moved past needing to say click these days. I think most people understand that if it's uh, a link, yeah. different colored text with an underline. Absolutely. That's where you click. Our internet world has matured enough for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. That's all right. Um, so I guess, yeah, another example would be um, where you've got text that goes along with it would be something like find out 12 more things to ask your agent. So this was. Um, uh, if you, if you, for example, if you had in your your email header, if you had your subject line might be fifteen things to ask the agent who's selling your house, 
Yeah. As then you get into the email and you and in the email you might have the first three things on that list, and then your call to action could be it could be read the whole article, or it could be something more contextual that gives more information and and is more compelling to click on, like find out twelve more things to ask your agent. Yes. Does that yes. does that make sense? Um. Yeah, so I guess those are those are really the three things to focus on. I would say for for an agent to kind of take your marketing, your email marketing to the next level would be segmenting your list audience and cleaning them up, um, subject lines that compel people to open, and knowing what you want to achieve from every email, and designing call to actions inside the email that help drive people towards taking that action. That's very interesting, and it's it just doesn't sound like it's complicated. To, to start it's not complicated to start it's it it definitely requires commitment and um and i guess especially you know in the real estate world your your day-to-day activities are centered around you know managing the properties that you've got and keeping your clients happy and yes getting new ones but but there's a lot going on in actually running your business that it's very easy to to just think, oh, we'll just bang out an email, get it out there. That's tick tick that thing off our list, and not think about whether doing it's it properly, doing it properly, and whether it's really giving you the results that you want. And that's the case across all sorts of marketing channels. People go, oh, okay, here's you know, we'll just get we'll get the radio station to do the ad for us. They they can write a script and just bang it out. Great. Okay, we'll you know, we'll pay some crew in 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 India to set up some some Facebook ads for us. Okay know and they can do our google ads while we're at it but i guess that really thinking through of you know looking at your audience designing ads that speak to that audience and and designing the headlines on your ads similarly to your emails that compel people to click through that is both a science and an art form so you can start quite easily but if you want to take it a bit further or you don't have much time then you can come and find professional help to Take yeah, you to the next level. Exactly, to really optimize those those marketing channels. And when you think about it, if it even leads to one extra sale, it's well and truly covered the costs. Right? In in the real estate world, absolutely. You yeah. know, your margins your margins are pretty good in this industry. So yeah. and, definitely. And when we say the margins are really good, I think the most important thing is small changes can lead to extra sales. Yep. Yeah. Pretty easily, yeah. you, would, you would think. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, if if you don't mind, we'll just take a, a little of a bit of a detour, mm-hmm. and I'd just like to know a little bit about where this all came from. Because uh, why don't you tell us what training and background you've had to sort of prepare for the, the world of uh, data metrics? Because it's it's just so fascinating. Yeah, it is. Um, look, my background is actually in more traditional marketing and strategy. Um, but I, I sort of became more focused on digital marketing, doing more in that space, building websites for people. And I guess I've always had an interest in the online and the digital world since, you know, since I was, since we got our first IBM computer when I was in primary school. Love <laughs> um, it. I was the tech kid in the family. Um, 486 or something. I can't even remember what it's uh, called, but it was black and white. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, uh, but but the thing in in marketing for me is that the real lack of measurability in traditional marketing has been a bugbear for me. Um, so the rise in digital made me realise that we've got so much more data at our fingertips, but also that we're not using it. Um, 
so eventually I realised that, you know, someone needed to fulfil this need and help businesses get more out of their existing digital platforms and their marketing spend because they're, you know, putting a lot of investment into these marketing channels and 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 they're not optimised, they're not designed to convert. Um, so I did, I did a lot of extra training to upskill in the analytics side of it. Now, there's not really any formal training in the university level at this space. Um, if you look at a, any kind Sorry, of marketing, right. yep, you look at any kind of marketing degree, they might be, I know that one of the leading marketing one of the leading universities here in Brisbane that would be well-respected for this this kind of industry, their marketing and uh, marketing PR sort of advertising course has one digital subject right? across an entire degree. Yet the reality we know is that a lot of our marketing happens online these days because we know it's also the first place that people go to search for information. Wow. But academia hasn't caught up with that yet, which is, you know, not a surprise. Um, so the old adage... <laughs> this is quite funny now that you think about it when the old adage of only 50% of marketing works, I just don't know which half. Yeah. That, that's just gone out the window. Well, it has in the, well, in this, it, it in, has in the, about, in the 50% of the 50% that is digital, then yes. Yeah. I mean, in the yeah. digital world, it's just, that just does not apply yeah. anymore. You can nail exactly what's working down to, yeah. down to a particular email address. Yeah. It doesn't have to apply that. That adage still applies to a lot of people because they're not looking at the data. That's but it true. Have that's to true. Apply. I mean, if they do things properly and they do their testing and research, yep. they could nail down to the last dollar. Yep. Yep. You, and that's the thing I love about this space, as opposed to my more traditional marketing background, is that it is the most measurable marketing activities you can ever engage in, especially this conversion side of it. So I guess, like, to go back to answering your question, like, there isn't really any formal um, training available for this, but I did quite a lot of online courses, um, especially with some experts in the US. So this field is quite quite mature in the US, even though it's quite new here in Australia. Um, you know, so I did that kind of online training and worked with, with some mentors to build up my skills. Um, in terms of the data, by all means, sometimes I still bring in experts, you know, like real rocket scientists, data analysis people who can who can look at a spreadsheet and go, boom, I know exactly what's happening here. And then my when when the data is that complex that I need that help, then I shine by saying, okay, now we know what's happening. I can tell you why it's happening. That's probably a little bit more advanced than talking about doing emails for real estate agents. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, if a real estate agent wants to get more involved in doing this and, yeah. and needs some help, um, what do you suggest? Um. Well, I guess the first step is just to get in contact and, and have a, you know, we can have a look at your marketing funnel, see what you're doing, see what um, what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong and, and, and I guess create a bit, of a, a bit of a roadmap for moving forward and, you know, optimising to get more out of your existing marketing spend. And what's your company called again? Conversion Green. Where'd that name come from? Well, the green came from my surname, Greenwood. Uh, and conversion, obviously, the whole thing is about conversion. So tell us where someone can get more information about Conversion Green. Yep, so probably one of the best things to do is to follow me on Twitter if you're into that kind of space. So our handle is just at Conversion Green. Um, and and if you're in Brisbane, uh, I'd really encourage you to come along to our next. We've got a growth hacking event that we're running in early September. That just sounds like you're chopping the knees 
chopping kids off at the knees. <laughs> okay, that I've never thought of it in that way. But um, growth hacking is actually a kind of it's a it's a hashtag that's out there at the moment. That's about it's about using innovative and interesting ways to to take your business to the next level to grow. So. Um, so and, that's applicable for real estate agents. They could come along to that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's actually this particular one's about getting more leads through the door, um, which is obviously exactly what you want in real estate. And you can also, um, you you host these regularly. So if someone's listening to this podcast after the next one, they can get in contact and yeah, find out. Get in contact and figure out the next thing that we're running. So um, if you also have a look at our Twitter feed, we've got this this next event pinned on our Twitter feed. So how do you do um, that? Twitter.com forward slash twitter.com forward slash conversion green okay or you can if you want to reach out you can always email me um i'm noel which is n-o-e-l-l-e at conversiongreen.com.au and also just for the listeners benefit what we should make sure people realize is that they can go to the wepromote.com.au website go to the podcasts and have a look for noel and you can uh, if it's all right with you, Noel, we'll put together a little checklist and hint by cheat sheet for real estate agents to download. Yep. And also the transcript of today's podcast will be available there. Right. So we'll make sure that it's a good resource. And we'll put a little form there that, uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. We'll put your email address there yep. so people can get in contact with you. Yep. Sounds great. Excellent. Now, <laughs> uh, I like to finish these. Uh, podcast with a quirky fact with about our guest, scary uh, our guest on the show, and I asked you for a quirky fact, and you said that your family calls you the incredible P, and you made me made sure I had to clarify that it was P E A. Tell us in ten <laughs> seconds why you're called the incredible P. Yeah, well, it's pretty simple. Um, most of the time, I'm nice and sweet, but. Sometimes, especially when it involves bad customer service, uh, it risks revealing the wasabi pea. So you go from me. sweet pea to uh, wasabi pea. Yeah, in in a split second, especially if it's I won't name any of the big telecommunications companies. Right. Okay. <laughs> Noel from Conversion Green, thanks for talking to us today about getting the most out of email for real estate agents. And real estate agents, thanks for joining us. We'll chat to you next week. And until then, keep on selling. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.wepromote.com.au.